All right, welcome all you burners out there to another fucking magical part of the journey that we are calling Fair the Burn. Fuck it, we'll we'll do it live. live. Fuck it, fuck it, we'll do it live. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, today I got with me a very special guest, someone that we have heard from multiple times on this podcast before, Uh, a man of many words, many thoughts. Uh, a great thinker of our generation, as they have called him on multiple media outsources and magazines. A man among boys and a legend among men. We got Cougar Coburn. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back. Can you it's rate? Can you rate my intro skills for like when I introduce guests from one to ten? I would say your intro skills. These are pretty good. Um, I think you've watched. And analyzed a lot of people who have introduced people in the sports world. And I think you get a good, like you have your own flair, but I think you have just, I think you're good. I give you Thanks, like, man. A, like an eight and a half. Eight Fuck and a half. it. Dude, no, give me a 10. I ain't giving you a 10. Give Hell me a 10. No. Hell could, no. could, could Give me this 10. Keep working and we'll see. We'll check back in. I'll come back. I'll come back another day and we'll see. All right. I guess we'll see. We'll find out. And we'll find out if your fucking audio is even going to work on this episode, dude. I don't oh, know. I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's kind of low, but. I'll just try to, I'll try to speak directly into it. Yeah, I don't you know. see it right there. Yeah, that's good. Or is that you? See, that's you. You're the little ones the little, right there. Yeah, the yeah trade me mics real quick. Okay. This is an exclusive. This is an exclusive. No, you're just you're just quiet and you don't know this how to use a talking, microphone. Bro. I know how to use this because I'm in a I'm a fucking hello comic. hello. What's going on, motherfuckers? <laughs> it's another great day. Is that going up now? Is that mine right there? Yeah, it's you. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, we got it figured out. All right, welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What's up? I'm just like mumbling over here. I struggle with that in my life. Can we start? Let's start with that. That is something that I struggle with in my life. Is that I will mumble and people will be like. People will be like, what did you just say? Yeah. And I have to like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, I need to like project my voice and not just like speak like through my lips like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's super like, crazy because I've always thought that time. about myself too, like not mumbling, but I've always thought I talk so fast. I have a hard time like enunciating everything. Just kind of get words all together. Just throw them in there, right. dude, in a big fucking pot. And then I remember one time Jenna was like, <laughs> She was like, yeah, you guys do such a good job of, like, enunciating on your podcast and stuff. And both of us were like, what the like, f- Like, damn, like, no way, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> like no, no way. No one could understand <laughs> us, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, but we're here. We figured out the mic situation. Uh, Coog's back. Man, we talked about it on the podcast a little bit, how you're going to be stepping away for for a while. Yeah, yeah, I, I got a lot going on. Um, I've had to reprioritize my life. Um, there's just, you know, like, I just want to bring quality to the things that I'm doing and if if I get too spread out then it'll just be me doing a bunch of things that I can't like invest myself into and that's what I've been able to do since stepping back is that that's something that I don't feel like oh god every single week I need to get something together because that's when you're committed to it that's what how you need to feel you know and so being able to take a step back has given me a lot of relief to you know like get my business started get the website going um you know like work it, it just makes kind of everything a little easier even though dude it was so fun and i yeah. and like i've been so excited because we've been trying to get me back on for a little weeks, bit now yeah weeks, for a little like bit now like a month and a half. Yeah, yeah you know and so i've been excited to come back and and do this it's not that i i did not want to do that you know like i wasn't 
I wasn't excited to do that. But, you know, like that's, it, it's, I feel like when you're in life, sometimes you have to look at your life and say, what do I need to prioritize right now? And what do I not need to? And yeah, man, it's, I think it's been a good choice. It's, my life's going pretty good right now. Um, and it seems like you're doing really well with the, with what, what's going on with the pod right now. Yeah, so. trying to, man. We had our biggest week, uh, our third biggest week last week, just super quietly, just under the radar, just nice. like popping like the third biggest week we've had. Wow, for years, so. dude. Yeah, so it's nice. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I agree. Like, it, it, can't, it got stressful a little bit because I was so much of like, we need to have content out, we need to have content out, we need to have content out, that like, me and you have this really bad thing of where it's like we'll schedule something and then like the day of like either me or you were like yo we got I can't do it yep. today yep. Uh, so we just like continually did that a couple of times and I felt like it really killed our views and like mm-hmm. the things we had going on even though we cultivated like a kind of cool little like community and audience and stuff uh, I just feel like with the consistency that I think just me doing it for mm-hmm. a while is going to help us out in general so I think yeah it just helps all the parties of the situation. And Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, and, and you're get, you're getting all of this stuff figured out. You got all of this audio stuff laid out. You got the software up, you know, like you're, yeah. you're, I mean, you're I was doing, doing it, this, man. I was doing this back with Numpty Boys too. Like I was yeah. the host and like, these are the same mics we used on Numpty Boys and shit like that. So, um, well, you're, so you're doing awesome with it. I thank think. you, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We're trying to level up here. Uh, yeah, yeah. From sounding like a fucking phone call. <laughs> yeah. On, on a flip phone. It's <laughs> terrible, dude. <laughs> Um, can you talk a little bit about your business at all? Yeah, man. Um, so the past couple of years, I've been able to do some swim lessons with younger kids. And in that time, I've been able to work with kids with special needs. And I've just worked with some that, like, I've worked with a couple for a very long, extended period of time. And I've just kind of realized that that's a service that I'm passionate about that I can offer that I think people could be proud of and would want to pay for. And because that's what, like, when you create a product, you want whoever is purchasing it to know exactly what it is and then be completely happy with whatever they're doing instead of being swindled into it or whatever. And so it's just something that I can offer that I know I'm good at, that I can bring my full heart to. And that's just, I'm just going to be working one-on-one with special needs kids. Um, it's called Special Needs Mind and Movement. Um, specialneedsmm.com. Yeah. Nice. Website, so. Yeah, let's go. Let's com, go. Yeah, I got the dot com. You're official. Um, and it's just going to, I'm just going to try to bring this service to the community in Boise. And I went to a, a little Game Changers, which is an organization in Boise that they work with special needs kids. And they brought, like, they did a whole thing with 20 kids um, with all sorts of um, special needs and set up an obstacle course and t-ball and golf and all this stuff. And Oh, so they weren't doing swimming? No, they weren't they're, doing swimming. No, this was, yeah, this was just, yeah, like on land stuff and but I got to meet some people there that I was just like yeah we, once you get into this community and you can establish yourself like you you can you can help yourself financially but you can also give people things that they want to pay for you know what I'm saying like and that's all I want I just want to be able to because like the whole stance that I know a lot of people that you've seen say is like money is evil you know like you're a consumer. Like I've seen people really demonize money and the pursuit of money. And it's just like, well, damn, man, like I have to make money. I have, you know, yeah, like when it comes down to it, I have to make some fucking money, bro. Like, bro. No one's out here just like, giving you anything. As much as everyone wants no, to walk around and be like, man, we should just be able to live and not yeah. have to work, man. It's all good. Like that's great and all, but like, 
the reality it's is like, you bro, have, I have to, to make money. I would love to not to, but like, I'm sorry, you know? And so given that, cause I really thought about that. And that's, I think that's an idea that can really get some, like get somebody and, and harm them in terms of like the way that they perceive the world and the things that they like limit their potential. I feel like maybe, maybe not, but it's when, like money can be used as a beautiful tool and it's, it's something that is necessary to have any function of anything that's going on right now. You can't pull to in the pool that transition and their ability to transition will get so much better that when they're 20, their ability to transition from things, it would be difficult. Typically, maybe it would be a little easier because they were doing that stuff when they were younger. And right. so that's what I want to do, man. I believe in the children. I believe in the youth. They're out. So, The Iceman. Who, who is Wim Hof? For he, everyone who doesn't know. So, yeah, he's just, he's known as the Iceman. He does, he's inspired me to do the ice baths, cold exposure. He climbed Mount Everest in his shorts, brought his body temperature up when he was, like, under a pile of, like, ice and shit. With, like, a certain breathing technique that he, yeah, that breathing, he does yeah. and kind of, yep. like, invented. Yeah, and these are ancient breathing techniques that he's brought to the modern era and shown people and has said that, like, I'm not special. You can do this too. You know, like, but so he was, he's talking, he does this Q and a, and they asked him what he thought about psychedelics. And I was like, Oh God, I got, I got to click that shit. I click it. And so he's talking and he has this like son and this kid is like running around in the background and he's like, Oh, psychedelics, you don't need them. And then his kid like climbs up on the table and starts doing something. And he looks at him and he's like, See, because psychedelic means mind expanding. That's what that means. Okay. See, these are psychedelic. And he's like, children are psychedelic. And he puts them in this perspective of like, yeah, that's, you don't need to be obsessed with like doing drugs to expand your mind and have a psychedelic experience, a mind expanding experience. You need something that's true and pure as well. And when you have this child running around, you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, what? why are you doing the shit that you're doing? And like when shit you can learn from a kid. Yeah, and so when there's, like, 20 children with special needs and, like, we people have been able to, like, gather and organize this whole thing, I was just like, holy, like, my, it blew yeah. my mind. It blew my mind more than than most things have. And it's just like, that's that's beautiful to me, you know? Like, I just believe in the youth, and that's I want to invest my time and my resources into you know, stuff like that. So that leads me into, I also heard that you have a coaching job. Yeah. A coaching job, bro. You that on the podcast. Huh? <laughs> you fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, uh, I signed up here. Dude, I can show you. That is so cool. I got fucking plays somewhere around here. Hell yeah. Um, I don't want to walk around too much with this, with this microphone, but yeah, I can show you before you leave. I, uh, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a coaching gig that I did in high school. Oh, cool, so, like, okay. me and my buddy coached, we were the assistant coaches for his dad's team. Because uh, his little brother was on it for our first year. It was like our junior year. And then the fall semester of our senior year, we coached a team. And then the spring semester of our senior year, we coached a team. And I've like, every time I'm back in Boise, I hit them up. And I'm like, yo, like, just so you guys know, like, I, you know, I'm around. Like, if you guys want me to coach, da 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 uh, And normally they're like, sorry, like, we're full this year. You know what I mean? Right, like, all, right. the, all the teams have coaches. They're going to need even more coaches. But this year I hit them up and I was like, yo. Just so you guys know, I'm around. Like, I used to do this back in the day. I'm 23 now. I did it when I was, like, 17. 
but I'd fucking love to come coach for you guys. And they were like, yeah, we need all the coaches we can get. So, <laughs> so come Hell on. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that starts. My, our opening games are in, like, April. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And then I have my coaches meeting next Tuesday where I go go pick my team and I uh, get my roster. Nice. Ball and nice. Start up practices, dude. And Beautiful. I love, yeah, man, I love, you know, um, me and you both have, like, a passion for youth and kind of teaching them and – instilling values in the next generation because they are the world of today, you yep, know? Yep, exactly. Uh, did you have, so I know that you've had, like, a passion for, like, kids, but, like, did you have a passion specifically for, like, um, children with disabilities before? No, not business? until I believe in them. I believe in them, you know? Like, and that's, you You have teachers that, it's, it's just like, yeah, you don't believe that kid can learn how to swim because they can't behave, but if you can instill an environment where, you can get them to behave and then learn how to swim. You can do that. But their initial thing was like, they don't believe in them, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't. That's uh, fucked. Yeah. For some reason, I, I really do. And there's, there's a whole community out there that obviously does and has to do because that's, those are the kids. Those are the people that need help. And when you look at it, you have off smacking that shit pretty damn far. I was like, damn, that's actually a pretty good hit, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's cool. That's, that's just where I would like to reside as I grow up. It's good for my soul. I don't go into soul debt, you know. Mm. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not doing anything to harm my soul during that time because it's just pure energy. It's trying to help a, a specific child as much as possible. And if you do that during your time, man, like that's way better than yeah. most things that I'm doing in my life. You do know what you, I'm saying? Do you think about soul debt a lot? Yes, every day, dude. Uh, I think about God and Jesus and souls and Buddha and Hindus and Krishna. I think about that shit probably every single day. Yeah, but I've never heard anyone like, is soul debt is like, is that like a thing that they talk about in like books or is that just like a phrase that you came up with? That I've, I'm, maybe I've heard that somewhere along the way in TikTok or some shit, um, but I can't. I've always, yeah, I, I feel like that's just kind of what's naturally, how I've kind of put it in my mind is like, like your soul's a bank account. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if I go, if I go and do the shit that I was doing before, if I go and have a bunch of casual sex, which I was doing. I ended up. <laughs> I I was doing. You had to clarify. Yeah, which I was if doing. I do the shit that I was doing before, like yeah. having casual sex, which I which was I was doing. doing. I was doing that. That's every single time that would put my soul into debt. And so when I yeah. was when I was a hundred dollars in debt, I was just I didn't even realize. I didn't even think about it. But all of a sudden, it was a lot of debt that I had to pay for. And I don't know if I fully paid for it. I think in a lot of ways in my life, I'm still paying for it. Yeah. And that sucks a lot um, in very, like, unflattering ways. But I think that it's way better. And, again, when if I can just, like, purify my soul as much as possible, then I think that will put me in the best position in, in life. Yeah, you know? no, that's really interesting. I think that a lot of people's souls are probably overdrawn. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, like, exactly. That's what you're saying. Like, yep. and like when you when you try to put money into an overdrawn account, it still charges you when you put that money in, or it doesn't even allow you to put that money in until you pay everything off of right. that, exactly. that overdraft fee. Yep. And then you have overdraft fees, bro, that come with that. So like you're even in more debt when you do that shit because it's going to take an extra $23 from you. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. I dude. love that concept. Bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah, that, yeah, I like that a lot. It, it, it's really helped me just kind of... It's a simple It's a simple concept that's so... Yeah, I mean, like so complex when you when you break it out. And... That's what I like, man, is I just have to, yeah, I just, 
I have a dilemma in my head about a lot of things, just like that that uh, statue that we were talking about earlier. The yeah. it's a it's a big, it's a sculpture of a head splitting it in half, and then there's like a demon, half of a demon head and half of a regular head, and it just kind of embodies that concept of like almost every single thing that I do, I have another voice saying, "Nah, don't do that." And so it's like if even great things, like I had times where I was like, "Oh, maybe I don't want to." Maybe I don't want to do this business. And it's just like, why the fuck would I say that to myself? Yeah. What in me, what voice in me is saying that? Because I don't identify with that. You know what I'm saying? But when you sit down and like through meditation and shit, this is kind of getting off topic, but it's just you start to realize all the voices in your head aren't you. There's, there's one that gets covered. Hate you. That voice loves you. That voice wants the best for you. But then that devil voice will come up and say, you're such a piece of shit if you fail or come short in goals and shit. But that's the voice that I don't want to identify with. So, What's that sculpture called? So Steven Hero, which you can find him on Instagram, he calls it Torn. Torn. He and calls it Torn. This is a concept that you had, right? Like, yes. This is like, a, like from your brain, yep. like he kind of put everything together. I DM'd together him. And- yep, I DM'd him with the whole idea. And he said, dude, that's awesome. I'll get back to you. And then I didn't hear from him for like four months. And I figured he just like Forgot. would never do it. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, like whatever. That's cool. Does. Right. That's when cool. Like, that's hey, cool. I want to work with you. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Totally, bro. Totally. Exactly. Yep. And then all of a sudden he's like, Hey man, I'm just finishing this up. Like, and he sends me pictures and I was just like, Oh fuck. That's, that's exactly what. And here's the, also the thing with that. I feel like it's a universal truth. And so that means that like you have that same, and I call it the dilemma. That's what I like to call it. Okay. So you have the same dilemma that I have. Dave has the same dilemma that we have. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, David. Fuck you, David. The Justin, Jay, what's up, Jay? What's in up, a Jay? couple Love episodes, you, just missed you. Uh, the Rest guy, the guy in the room over there in the other building. Those crackheads. Those crackheads. Yeah. Same dilemma, right? Yeah. So if I have the same dilemma as them, I'm no better or any higher or any more moral than anybody that I walk by, and that's one humbling concept of or one humbling idea of that concept is that it's like, yeah, I'm, I can't stand up and be like, wow, I'm so much better than these people because I still have those same dilemmas that everybody else has like regular people, you know, Mm -hmm. but we get disconnected from like, we think we're above like a regular person. And I just really believe I'm a regular ass person. And we're all, you know what I'm saying? I really believe that bro. Yeah, man. So Steven hero, Steven hero. Is it on, is that picture on like his Insta? I don't think he's posted anything about it yet. Okay. Um, but he took it, he took some nice ass pictures of it. So I'm sure he just posts like every now and again of stuff that he makes. Can you um, get me a picture of it? Cause I know absolutely. you have this. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So that I can post it on yeah, Instagram yep, and yep. then I'll tag him. Hell yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, dude. Cool. Cool. That's I love awesome. it. Uh, yeah. I want to, I want to touch on this real quick that we didn't talk about, uh, talking about this before, um, but you've been, I see you've been, uh, you've been dabbling with Jesus a little bit, huh? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Let me. Let me show you something real quick. Because the interesting thing is, like, Coog's been kind of on the mission to, like, find the truth and figure things out. And just, like, seeing, like, people's... That's my home screen. Jesus <laughs> is literally his home screen. A, draw, a, a drawn picture of Jesus. Drawn. So it doesn't show any race or anything because it's not important. Well, he it's is black white. And white. No, he's white. Well, because it's the the portrait is black it's and white. It's a white piece of, of picture, and they're using his skin as white. So <laughs> yeah, that's still fair. white that's guy. Fair. That's still fair. white Jesus. Fair enough. Can clarify that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, man, what's... Uh, What's been drawing you towards the good old it Jesus? Just, it just seems like 
I don't know, man, because I was so it. Ju I just feel crazy now because I was so adamantly against it and mocked people, and laughed and rolled joints with Bible pages and shit. You know what I'm saying? That's like, pretty gangster. Yeah, dude, That's, it's so a lot stupid, of people say they do man. that, bro, but not a lot of people actually do that. That's pretty dumb. That's pretty gangster right there. <laughs> so, you know, like whatever has happened to me which is just my subjective experience and I don't know anything. It just seems like there's truth in that figure. There I don't think there's truth in Christianity, so I don't think that like, like the organized version. Yeah, of like I don't I don't feel compelled to go to church. And I think I I could go to church and I could learn a lot, but like I want to have like really personal conversations about this idea rather than like just sitting in a crowd and cheering for like like a rock band or some shit that's playing there. You know what I'm right. saying? Because it starts to it starts to kind of lose the focus of what the fuck are we even doing here? Um, and not all and not all the time, but but, I, it, but it, you it get my point. It feels a little worshipy towards the people on stage, rather opposed to like what you're supposed to be doing. Right? Because a lot of people are like, "Wow, this guy's so divine, inspired from God." It sounds like he's speaking directly to me, and so it's not necessarily about God. It's more about like the place you're at and the people that you're with. Um, rather than the actual idea of, like, why the fuck are we all here? Exactly. And that's from the experience that you've had in your past when you brought that swimming pool in and yeah. dunked a teacher's head if they no, got... Alex. Let's be clear about Alex. that. I dunked, I dunked, dunked Alex's, Alex's head. Fat afro head in there. If they got a question right. Yeah. That So what ended up being more important wasn't conveying the stories of the Bible and Christ. It was the church's organization and structure that you went against mm -hmm. that you were then punished for. And so it's like, yeah, no, I don't believe in that shit. But it's more just like, and I think I've told you this analogy before, but it, and this may be a stupid analogy to people who think, who used to think exactly like me. So like, I understand. If someone is like, dude, you're stupid. And I was just, I would just be like, I, I totally get why you think that. But it's like LeBron James is like playing on the same team as LeBron James. You your weaknesses will instantaneously be exposed to the highest level when you step on the court with LeBron. Mm. It's not going to be any question whether I can jump higher than him. It's not going to be any question whether I'm stronger than him, right? You know, like, there's going to be a lot of things that are very obvious instantaneously, so, like, a huge, 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 obviously, like, plain way to see. And so if you expand that out... Because, again, LeBron has the same dilemma as me. So he's no better than me. No celebrity is better than anybody else. Nobody's better than any celebrity, right? But Christ might be, and I don't know if he's real. I don't know what the fuck it is, dude. But when his hand, quote, unquote, is on your shoulder, quote, unquote, cringe at that statement, you have that teammate that you are instantly judged by, just like you're judged by LeBron instantaneously, whether he's on your team or not, because your flaws are so obvious next to him just by looking at him that you then start to be able to see, oh, shit, like, I would go this way, but he would go that way. And so, like, oh, shit, I would have passed it over there, but LeBron would have faked it over there and dished it back over there. Oh, shit, I'm starting to see it a little bit. But I need LeBron to guide me to that because mm -hmm. I wouldn't have came to that conclusion by myself because, again, I'm so much less than the greatest, right? And that, that is what I'm understanding this concept of Christ to be, is that it's the figure that if you follow, 
it just, dude, my life has just fucking like been very nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I present kind of an interesting idea, like situation for Christians because it's like, if I start to say that I believe in Christ, I have to give DMT credit mm-hmm. for being here and believing that. Right. And they are like, whoa, 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 what, what is that? Why would you ever do that? You know, like, and so it's weird. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird. Kind of in a catch twenty two. Right? I'm in a dilemma. Yeah, you're in a real dilemma. <laughs> yeah. right you're almost torn. Yeah, exactly, know? exactly. And so it's all I've seen is I just have anecdotal evidence for what has happened to me, and what I've been pursuing, and what that has done to me, and that's all I have to present. And my life is decent. My life is, I, I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm very lucky. That's all. And now, so. Are you, are you reading the Bible? No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> so how are you like following like Christ or like trying to like live like Christ or things like that without going towards like the source material? Well, so there's a lot of, uh, I listen to videos of people talking about it. I listen to, um, so I, I mean, technically, I guess I kind of do. I don't sit down and read it yet. Okay. Because I I want to know, and this is the thing, is like when you're trying to hear someone tell you something, you want to know where they're coming from so you can listen to them in context, right? And so it's just like, well, I don't, like, because I remember when I read Genesis 1 or whatever, the stupid first verse, mm-hmm. first story, I was like, this shit's a fairy tale. This shit sounds like a fairy tale. Yeah. And, but it's like, you have to read it in context. You have to read it in context of what it was written as and, um, like apparently, and again, I don't know. There's and also every claim. There's going to be a claim against that claim. You know what I'm saying? So, and I understand that. So there's so much to just. There's just a lifetime's worth of information to deal with. I'm just slowly creeping towards that. But again, it's just that concept of like, if this dude came back to life, that changes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Again. There's evidence that he didn't. There's evidence that he did. But when, but like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, what about Buddha? People would say, what about Buddha, right? I got into that shit before, like, thinking about even considering Christianity Christianity because I still thought it was so stupid. And but it was like when Buddha puts his hand on your shoulder, he doesn't guide you in any way. He tells you that everything is relative. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe that. I, and I don't think anybody believes that because they would see a child being harmed and say that's, that's objectively wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so. I mean, I mean, for most people, yeah, I can definitely agree with most people. There are certain people that I think. True. Would see that and they could go objectively, like depends on the situation. Like my sister's a good example of that. My sister, I think, really believes in relativism. Seriously. So oh. she could witness that. She could witness a child being harmed and she wouldn't try to save it or anything. Uh, I mean, it depends on what you mean by harm. You know what I mean? Because, like, like, even, like it goes, like, for her, and, you know, I don't want to, like, spread too much of it for what she thinks, but, like, well, just like she's the idea, defended, yeah. like, people who are sexually attracted to children to me. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Like, we've had this conversation, I remember right? that, So yeah. it's, like, so everything for her is very relative, is, like, how, like, can, like, consent is huge for her, right? So, like, maybe everything, like, you know, if someone's, like, getting raped and then like they don't want to be fucking getting fucked right there and right. it becomes assault like clearly that's not okay for her but buddha would still probably tell you it's relative well because it is still relative if she believes that if something is re- like 
something can't be relative and something else be objective. Well, I guess it can be, but when you're saying that everything's relative, that also includes like things that you wouldn't want. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you have to say, oh, well, I guess my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. And you can think that mine is wrong, but in the end it doesn't matter. And so that means that like, yeah, like Hitler and the Pope. Yeah. Or like, yeah, well like Hitler and the Pope are going to the same place because it doesn't matter what they did ultimately because everything's relative. And if it was right in Hitler's mind, then it was, it wasn't objectively wrong. It was just objectively nothing and relatively wrong to some people and relatively not wrong to other people. I don't believe that. Yeah. And I can't believe that. I really can't. I, I know that there's things like, again, even like seeing like the abuse of a dog is just like, that's wrong. That's like something that can't defend itself and you're harming it. That is incorrect. And most people, a lot of people wouldn't see that, but especially with a child, I think that brings up the most obvious, like glaringly wrong thing about it is that Buddha would say the only reason that you think that child being raped is wrong is because you have an attachment to loving children that you want to protect them. And that's to your own fault because now you're feeling the sensation of kind of like just becoming numb to the world. Right. And like numb to whether things are right or wrong or And there's no calling to anything. And that's the thing that Christ seems to do is he compels you to go against your human nature. He compels you to like don't go for your impulses. It's just like an it's just as obvious where every decision I make, if I ask that cringy cliche what would Jesus do? The answer is obvious every single time. Whether I get up, whether I brush my teeth, what I eat, it would be obvious. If Would yeah. it be cereal or would it be uh, eggs? Or a donut. Right. Or a donut. Or a donut. Or a donut. Would it be? Well, but I would want it to be a donut. I would be wishing it was a donut. But if I'm having the perspective of that hand on my shoulder, it's like, well, fuck, I should probably put something better in me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my question, I guess, would be, are you... Um, are you looking or basing this off of like actual Jesus or like the idea of Jesus? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are you really thinking that it's like, like it's in the Bible? Like, like, cause, because my mind kind of goes to like the, the most famous verse in the Bible, which is John three sixteen, mm-hmm. which is for God so loved the world. He gave his only um, begotten son right. that whoever chose to believe him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Right, 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 like, because I agree with you, like, definitely, like, the idea, the morals, like, the the values that Jesus tried to instill, like, mm-hmm. with it, throughout the Bible, for the most part, are pretty good, like, pretty solid, like, if you try to live your life like that, but are you also going with, like, you have to follow him in order to, like, whatever is after this, go to, like, the better place rather than to the worst place, or well, is it more of just to, like, better yourself here in this moment? So, from what I understand of hell is that it's separation from god right yeah yeah because that's what you're doing there's there's more to it but yeah what's more to it so how hell was described in the in the bible because like the when they first had to explain it to them it is separation from god but it's a very very nasty dark place well so is that what separation from god is fire and fucking like screams and torture I mean, if that, I guess if that's separation from God, sure. I don't know if that necessarily would be, mean separation from God because, like, the LDS Church has 
the eternal darkness, right? Which just mm. kind of seems mm. like an endless void, which also mm-hmm. you could describe as separation from God. But in the Bible, it describes it like this trash pit they used to have. Um, I forget what book or like what the word is, but they used to have this giant trash pit that they right. would just constantly have on fire. And there was huge flames. People would just go and they just fucking go and throw their trash and throw their trash. Right. They, that's how they describe hell in the Bible. Right. They go right. to that place. So that would mean that. So from what I understand is that if there is a God that is opening its hand to you to try to create a relationship with you, you can, you have the free will to either reject that or accept it, right? Yep. That's also debatable, but yeah. Right. Well, because people would say there's determinism and shit. Yep. Um, yep. Exactly. Which, again, then, like, everyone's justified in what they do, and no one can change. So, like, I would have to tell my friend, I would have to tell Dave, sorry, dude, whatever's wrong with you, you can't change, because you're, it's, your, your it's determined. Your name's on the book. Yeah. Right, right, book. right. And so, um, so, I understand that, but I don't believe that. Um where were we? Determinism. If, God, if there's a God that's reaching down. Oh, and and you have the free will to choose whether or not to accept it. If you reject that, that's your free will choice. Then saying, oh, you, like someone, like this, this city offered me, it's like, uh, welcome me into it. I'm going to go. You have to go the jungle rules. Mm-hmm. And the law of man doesn't end out from what I, so then whatever runs rampant there goes. That's what happens. We will try really good. But is, is Jesus the only way? That's my question. Like, I, do you think? Because I, Down. It's like, well, I have to choose something here. I, I have to, mm-hmm. especially when it's like, real, like a real moral dilemma, and it's all intellectual until it's not. Until a child's being harmed right in front of you, right. are you really going to live out what Buddha is telling you? So it's like I, I struggle with that because I can't find anything else that is paving a way to something greater, to right. something, to something greater, like. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Beyond, beyond this. Yeah. Right, right. So, like, let's just hypothetically say there was a Buddhist, right, right. who was, like, living his life, and he kind of ble- he believed in relativism, mm-hmm. but he did things that he, not necessarily that he deemed as good, because he can't deem things as good, but he did things that in, you know, the eyes of the world are, are, are good. Like, let's say that right. he gives to charity, let's say right. that he's a nice guy, let's say he's all this, you know. Right. Doesn't harm children, doesn't do any of that bullshit. Yeah. Does that person, do you think that person deserves like to go to a better place or a worse place i wouldn't i don't I have no idea. i would assume that he would go to a better place um but also like if you aren't connected to the thing that is going to take you somewhere like because that's like the mormon claim is like well your works will get you to heaven mm-hmm. and so if he's lived a perfect life I would assume he would go to heaven. But then the thing is, I would assume that he didn't live a perfect life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. He's had the same dilemma as me. And so he would need to be, he would need to experience something like grace. And he would need intervention because he is a 
is a sinner like me who is blinded by this world and can't see the entire big picture. So it kind of seems like you're along that path where you're like, it may be in order the only way to get to like a heaven would be through Jesus. It just seems like when I accept him into my daily decisions and the way that it's impacted me, I just sit back and think, huh, how true does this extend? Because I see myself and other people struggling every single day with all of these things. And as I've allowed this figure to seep into my life, my decision-making has gotten better. My, my like awareness of my impulses has gotten incredibly better. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, wow, okay, well, if this is hitting me on these deep, dark, psychological things, how true is this over an expanse of time? Why is this applying to me right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that I can prove. It's yeah, called, because it. it's going to be, it's going to end up in faith. You know what I'm saying? There's just things that compel me to think that there's some things that are true about it that I experience in my daily life that then beckon like, fuck, what else? How much else is true? You know what I'm saying? Like if there's truth in the Bible and the morals are, are decent, how much more is true? And also how much more is wrong? I understand like I've come from the skeptic perspective, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm still coming from a skeptic perspe perspective. I'm just trying to elaborate on these ideas and kind of just where I feel like my soul is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, and I definitely agree, bro. Like I think that I think that if people followed, like I said, like followed the values and kind of the things that Jesus tried to instill, um, their lives would probably drastically improve for sure. Now they wouldn't be able to do all the shit that they once did or probably want to do. Right. Um, I'm not necessarily under the school of belief. I don't know, man. It's just kind of crazy to see you completely fucking flip to the other side. Yeah. It's just really fascinating. It, I feel insane. Um, I don't do it because I want to do it. Um, I've been fighting this for a long time, actually, because it's just like, there's, I don't believe it. That's stupid. I don't believe it. That's stupid. But the more that I witness it and the more that I witnessed how much I struggled at like, okay, I'm going to get up and do this. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to do this. Because I was purely relying on myself. And I was hoping that I knew everything that I needed to know. And what I realized is that I don't know anything. And when I realized that, that opened the door for a lot of things to be true. Mm -hmm. And when I've allowed those, when I've selected those, you filter things, you try things, you try to integrate things. When it's like a caller order, just in human beingness of like helping people. Yeah. The Buddhist would say, here, but and, supposed to happen and Christ causes you to intervene on that. You know what I'm saying? Like so I don't know, dude. I yeah. I would encourage you to start reading the Bible. I would. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um I would probably start in the New Testament. So I'd probably start with like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, especially if you're trying to learn about Jesus. Yeah. Those are called the gospels. Well, so and I've read the Sermon on the Mount and shit. I guess I've read I've I go back and forth. I don't read it every day. Right. I but guess I think I would it'd say. be smart of you to like to like every day be like, read another chapter, read another chapter, read another chapter. Just mm -hmm. to like progress and just kind of see what's in there for your own eyes. Um, cause I agree. Like we can listen to people talk about it all day, but I think that it's really smart for you to go to the source material. Right. And I think Facts. you're, I think you yourself are also going to get a lot more out of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause I, I, you know, I agree. I think that Jesus is 
man, there's there's not a lot of things in your life that really could approve it. And then if you tried to follow some of his, try to be more Christ leaning or Christ centered, like and mm-hmm. try to live like Christ for sure. Kind of like living like LeBron James, and we'll talk about the Lakers here in a second too. Yes, right. But yep. uh, for me, I just think that I've also seen some other things or read some other things in uh, in the in the in the Bible that just struck me the wrong way mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, like it'll be interesting to me if you read John. John is kind of regarded as like the book of the Bible where Jesus is the darkest. Right. There's like I'm pretty sure that's in John, but I'm pretty sure there's there's a, there is a story in the Bible where like a homeless woman comes up and like breaks this like super expensive glass of perfume that she has and like rubs Jesus's feet with it. Uh and the disciples are like, "Jesus, like that lady could have sold that perfume for so much money. Like, you know what's going on?" And Jesus goes, "You will always have the homeless, but you will not always have me." Mm. Which like and then I brought that up after I kind of fell away from the church and went back one time and I brought that up to a lady and the lady was like, Well, you know, Jesus is right. We're not always gonna have him. You know, so like that was good that the lady did it. And I was like, but like the disciples were like talking about like bettering other people and shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like I think a lot of things could be argued like two ways. If the Bible were to be fake, do you think there would be disagreement from the disciples with their leader? Because that's interesting to me, and that lends some credibility that these guys that were following him were like, yo, why are you, don't do that. Why are you doing that? Yeah. That's interesting to me. There's a lot of things that happen like that in the Bible, dude. Like, when Jesus walked on the water, um, it was, like, super stormy, and they went out there, and then, like, like, you know, a lot of these dudes were, like, sailors and shit. So, like, they knew, like, how to handle storms, but the storm was so bad, they were, like, kind of freaking out. Um, And Jesus. All right, we are back. I fucking paused right there. It's all good. Um, anyway, so Jesus, when he was walking on the water, Peter called out, and he was like, it's a ghost. Uh, and Jesus was like, no, it's me. And, and, and he was like, well, that's crazy. And he's like, step out to the water, Peter. And he's like, I can't, I can't. And so he steps out on the water, and he starts to sink, and he like reaches down his hand. And he was like, oh, ye of little faith, or whatever the fuck. So mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. the, the disciples question Jesus a lot. That's interesting like, to me. What, what do you think about that? About um, them questioning him. Typically, it was Peter. Um, Peter was the old, oldest disciple, so he was kind of the one who, like, when the other disciples were like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here, it was kind of on him to be like, yo, man, like, right. what the fuck is going on here? Right. Um, I think it's, I think it was probably good that they questioned him because I think that you should question the person who's D- leading you and the person you're taking action from. Does it feel natural that, it feels like, the argument that it would be fake would mean that people would see it and they would believe it. But it would, because you did, why would you have anybody questioning the thing that you need to blindly follow? You know what I'm saying? No. What, do you, what are you trying to say? So like, if you were writing, if you were making the Bible to get people to believe and you were creating it to manipulate people, you wouldn't deal with bringing doubt with your creator, just like Kim Jong-un. The whole story about him is perfection, and you don't question anything about it. No one in any of his life questions anything about anything in his story. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the disciples of Christ would say, no way that's happening, or why are you doing this? You shouldn't be doing this. 
it for me lends some credibility to that story more than if they just blindly f- believed when they saw something like that. Well, I think they put it in the Bible to to make people also not question Jesus or God. Mm. You know what I mean? Because like that's the thing that's written in the Bible too is do not question God. Like don't. Like you're not supposed to do that. Like really? if God, God gives you something, you're not supposed to question him. No. And he answers he answers your questions when he wants to. Mm-hmm. But like don't test God, don't question God, like don't like do that. So I think that it actually is more telling of them trying to control people. First well, of so all, because Constantine said that he wants to or not, I don't know if he said it, but it was it's a pretty proven fact that he put together the Bible, like the actual like canonical Bible, mm-hmm. like to control his people. Because before that, Christians were getting fucking martyred in Rome hard. Right. Hard. Like, people were just murdering them all the time, crucifying people upside down, all sorts of shit. But when he realized that that religion, that people were fucking dying for that shit and not not going the other way, he made it the national religion, he created the Bible, the canon of the Bible. Does it lend credibility that people were willing to die for it? I think it lends credibility that the disciples were willing to die for it. That Those are the only people, though. Here's Here's my thought on that is... It's wild to me that there's only one disciple that died of old age. The rest of them were martyred in fucking right. brutal ways. Right. Uh, dudes were boiled alive. I think that was James, Jesus' brother, who originally was also a straight-up denier. A doubter, right, right. Yeah, and, like, his own brother was like, what the fuck are you talking about, son right. of God? Fuck you. Uh, and then he was like, yo, you're the son of God, and right. you're my goddamn brother. <laughs> yeah, Does that yep. mean I'm a quarter god? Uh, I think it's that's pretty telling that the disciples are willing to... Telling of what? Uh, telling that they believe what they saw. But do you think what they saw was wrong? I don't know, man. I don't know. And my that's my biggest issue with Christianity in general. If it's really, if it was really so much harder to be a Christian back then than it was today, and I agree, you know, they were going, going through martyrism and all this, all this shit, but mm-hmm. we don't get to see that. That's my problem. Don't get to see what? I, uh, Jesus. Mm. Like, like if we got to see Jesus today, like who knows if people would believe him, like him, you know, feeding the, the 5,000 where the little kid gave him like two fish and 10 loaves of bread right. or two, two loaves of bread and 10 fish. And then he fed 5,000 people with it. And that's just 5,000 men because that's how they count people back then. That's not even including women and children. Mm-hmm. So there were probably closer to about 10,000 people there, if not 11, 12. Um, I don't know, man. I think, I think it's really... It's just harder to be, it's hard to be a Christian today and to really trust everything and to trust that what Jesus did was factual and true. And the biggest question is the resurrection. Yeah. Like the yep. resurrection proves or denies everything for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so if you have people who are like, if I saw something and then you watch someone say, say you didn't see that or I'm going to kill you. And I say, I saw it. And then they kill me. Would that lend credibility to what I saw? It might. It have it, to. It, 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 well, it might, man. Like, some people say they see things that never happened. Right. You know, they, they've done studies on that where there's, like, crimes and shit, and they're like, well, there's a dude in an orange in an orange shirt, but the dude is wearing, like, a green shirt. Right, right. Like, so, yes and no, man. So, but do you think that if you also saw, like, Dave dead and then come back to life, you would know what that is? Yeah, but the issue is that there's only accounts of that in the Bible. There's not accounts right. of that outside. Now, if there were accounts outside of the Bible of people seeing, you know, Jesus come back to life and fucking go up the mountain, they're like, this is crazy. Like, I'm a believer now. I'm going to write this outside of the book. And da, 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 Well, da. who would have been motivated to put that in their books? Literally anybody on the Mountain of Olives. Not, I'm not talking about books, bro. I'm talking about or like, literally anybody else. 
Like outside but, of the Bible. But who would have been motivated to record that though? Literally everybody who saw a dead guy rise from the from the fucking. Well, did like any Romans see that shit? Yeah. There were 400 people with him on the Mount of Olives. Well, but, like, weren't the Romans, didn't the Romans, like, kill all the Christians? The Romans did kill Christians, yeah. And so were they, would they be motivated to write that down in their books and record that if that was something that happened? I don't think necessarily the Romans, bro, but, like, right. anybody else. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Well, like, but, like, who, I'm just wondering, like, who else would have been there to be able to record it? Four, Cougar, 400 people. But, like, where would they have put the recordings? On paper, on like the clay tablets that everything was written on, or the papyrus that everything was written on. Right, but like, wouldn't that have been then put in the Bible, even if they got those recordings? No, because the things that were put in the Bible were put there from Constantine for creating the canon, creating the Bible. So then they we chose the book. So then we got to go back before that. How do we go back before that? This is what I'm saying, man. It's too hard. What's the Bible before that? The Bible before the Bible. Before the constant, the canonical Bibles. Okay, so before the canon got established, essentially there was there was just kind of still like teachings going around. And there were different books floating around there. Like there was the Book of Enoch, right? And there was the fucking Gospel of Judas. There was the Gospel of Thomas. There's like all of these books um, that some of them that Constantine decided were legit and some of them weren't. Mm -hmm. These books that didn't get placed in the Bible were considered the missing books of the Bible. That, that's what we can um, fucking refer to them as now. Right, the missing right. books of the Bible, but these were texts that people knew because back in the day, people couldn't read it, so people had to memorize it. Right, so they could right. go around and be like, and just say the fucking book out loud, which is straight up insane. Um, that you know this whole fucking book by heart. Yeah, um, and it would especially suck if it was one of the books that didn't get chosen for the Bible, son, because then yeah. you're like, man, my shit didn't even make it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. But like, so there was just a, a bunch of different groups. Um, but it was really like the centralizing of the church to to make it the national religion of Rome. Mm. That's why Constantine got everyone together. So then, what were the reasons to take those other books out? Because uh, they didn't fit in the canon. I, I don't know. I don't know that for sure. Um, I'm sure it's because they're saying these ones are canon, like these ones like make sense with the story. Right. Because I think it, it was just it's a big narrative that people they tried to sell. Mm, that's what i mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. i granted i don't know like why the books were chosen for what reason but i would i would imagine because they're trying to tell a story right well, it's yeah. the government coming at you like with this coronavirus shit saying we got everything figured out we'll give it to you here's here's the story of what we want you to read right you know right. what i mean again you know i for me if anybody is if any religion is like okay this is me that's our works don't save us yeah that being a good person doesn't save you. I really don't believe that. I agree with that. Because it's dangerous to sit around and talk about how good you are. Because if I sat and talked about how awesome I was right now, there's a lot of things that are wrong with me that I wouldn't be addressing. And that you do that for long enough, you never really address the things that are wrong with you. And you start to believe that you're a good person, even though things are going wrong with you. And so it makes sense to me because we all have that dilemma that we would need to be saved in a different way rather than if you do 50 good things every day, then you're, you'll get there. Cause that's a Mormon thing. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a, like a Ponzi scheme. You know what I'm saying? Definitely a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. yeah. And so, do you know th- what that, um, anyway, continue. Sorry. That was, oh, no. that was my off, off topic. No, it's, and I'm wrong about whatever I was thinking about. Oh. So go ahead. And- it just, so it just feels like there's a, 
there's a stark difference for just that story of that character that sticks out, that just is like when I look at reality, it seems to paint reality in the way that I see it, in the way that I do. People would say, that's some white privilege motherfucking <laughs> shit. I'm, and I, I don't know what to even do with my life anymore because I never thought I would think like this, but it just seems to, when it says like, just like concepts of like kings staying loyal to God versus defying. I think that's your value. Always fall. And you'll always end up somewhere worse than where you were before. So there's these like. Shit, what about this? the main one right here? How many. You know, like, I don't know, but I'll be fake and I could just be having psychosis. Or it could just be great. one way. That's the other thing, too, is like, I, I just don't think because, yeah, I agree. I don't think that the works are going to get us there. But I don't think by claiming that this one person is your redeemer and savior just outwardly or like inwardly or whatever mm -hmm. is necessarily also going to save mm -hmm. you. Right. Like, I do think that there it's a it's a level of having uh like purity in your soul and getting rid of that soul debt. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't that be works though? Um I think a little bit of it cuz I and but I think you have to do the work to create the soul. You know what I mean? I'm not necessarily like putting on the soul but like like uh relating it to kind of how we talk about like our minds. Like how our minds were so um corrupt as kids with like porn and shit, right? Like just because you don't get on porn one night doesn't mean that like oh yeah you're putting that in your bank account like you are putting it into your bank account but you're doing it to reprogram your brain right not necessarily to be like okay well i didn't do it tonight and i'm not gonna do it tomorrow and then i'm not gonna do it for the third night right but it's more of like now i'm trying to rewire how i'm thinking yes and i don't think you necessarily need to say jesus is my redeemer and my savior in order to have like more purity in your soul i mm. really don't yeah no I, i'd agree with that i think you can attain purity through a lot of ways if you go to a dog park i think you could attain purity through that that's a lot of pure energy dogs are like just bundles of pure energy um but it gets down to like the deep like the deep dark shit that we can't seem to shift that's what it was for me like the things that i thought were my bedrock i needed something more than a motivational speech by what's that guy with gigantic teeth whatever that motivational speaker is <laughs> Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Be a like, lion. Yeah. Let me hear you roar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's, I, I just can't find anybody or anything else that gives better direction in this life in terms of like when shit hits the fan and it's real and it's the things that we're embarrassed about when we're laying in our bed, that that has helped me move, you know? So. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, man. LeBron. For sure, man. For sure, man. Yeah, LeBron's going to lead you down the right path 100%. LeBron's going to lead these fucking Lakers right out of the playoffs um, if they even make it. Hey, man, it's not Bron, okay? It's everybody. It's it's Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. It's Russell Westbrook at number one. I wish someone would have said that at the beginning of the season or some yeah, shit. Yeah, I wish someone would have said that to me, too, before I made this dumbass yeah. bet that I'm in. Uh, I thought AD was going to be way better this year, but he's just been awful. And just getting hurt all the time. Uh, and 
Anthony Davis is he's not good anymore, man. He's gotten <laughs> hurt too many times, bro. Like he can go hard for like three minutes and then he's like, Oh, I fucking tore my ankle. Yep. Yep. Um so we hypothetically might have bet monopoly dollars. Monopoly for sure, because I could I don't have money to bet like that. A hundred and set a hundred and fifty dollars worth. Now I'm wishing I would wouldn't have been monopoly yeah, money, you, but, but that's cool. Real money. That's cool. Um, good thing it's not real money for Facts. sure. Facts. Uh, so we were betting that the Lakers were going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers are currently, like, if I had to ballpark it, like, 28 and 31. Like, they're below 500. They're, like, 8th or ninth. It's in tough. The, in the overall thing. And now they don't even have the playoffs. They have the play-in tournament that, like, the bottom oh, like, yeah. four teams have to play just to get into the playoffs. So, Ooh. uh, playoffs? We're not even the talking Playoffs? playoffs. <laughs> Um, we're talking straight up about hypothetically buying out of this hypothetical bet. Um, I'm sure that you've listened to the other episodes where I talked about this. Yes, with Jay. Yep. I would uh, I would like to propose a wager in our game of Monopoly. Okay. Where I will give you 75 big Monopoly bucks to buy out of this bet. Because there's no way they're making it. I wanted to give it to the All-Star break. The All-Star break <laughs> just happened. They're fucking terrible. If I hypothetically gave you like fucking seventy five dollars and the railroad company on the left side of the board, I could take that. That's fair. Would you with the railroad? Yeah, okay. I'll take that. Okay, hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. Yes. Hypothetical bet. Dude, and do you know why I knew it wasn't gonna work? Because Westbrook's a fucking Ponzi scheme, dude. Be, He's a fucking Ponzi. Dude, I I love him. I think he is the biggest trickster, and uh. the the like he just did exactly what he needed to do to make as much money as possible um because he's just athletic with a decent shot i say uh, decent and probably not anymore at his best probably decent because he's hit some crazy ass shots dude crazy he's hit like, some crazy shots like, here's the thing at buzzers was, and shit you know what i'm I saying was always like man why does fucking why does Oklahoma City like this guy? Like, I understand he's a, he's athletic, he's like exciting to watch. But yep. then one night I watched this like five minute compilation of him winning game, um, like buzzer beater, yep. like game winners. Yep. And he hit a lot of yep. those, bro. Yep. Like, so they love him because they've been down and out, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna jack up this three, Whoop, swish, boom." And, and he has so. the perfect personality to shoot a buzzer beater. Yeah, doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't give a fuck. So you need that. So. But you can tell, man. Like, you. What can you tell? Cooper? You you can you can tell just how someone behaves. That it's just like, oh, he's not like a championship player. He's a he's an NBA player who's super exciting to see. And people who are like flying into Oklahoma City will go buy tickets so they can go see Russell Westbrook fucking take a steal and all the way down the floor and throw it down and almost hit his head on the rim. Like you have to respect him where it's due. And I also respect him for getting his bag and also for figuring out his way to get on the fucking Lakers with LeBron. I was just like, dude, you could get four people that would all pr- like all give better roles and like give to the team more in different ways, four different ways than what he his contract is worth. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And I heard that the Rockets were thinking about trading. John Wall. Or, yeah. Motherfucker. Like, what the fuck was it? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy shit, man. Train I, wreck. Train I, wreck, bro. I also heard that the Nets were considering trading Harden. 
for, to, to the Lakers for Westbrook. Oh. For a minute before he got oh, traded to the Sixers. Dude, so I was waiting been... for that because I was like, yo, that oh, shit. That would have changed everything. I ain't buying out of that. Yeah, that would have changed everything. What do you think about that? What do you think about James in Philadelphia? Um, and- I like it. I think they got it. You know, with Ben Simmons, when something like that happens, even though, dude, I'm usually always in favor of the player trying to stick up for himself. Um, I don't know the entire story with Ben Simmons, and I'm sure he was kind of a dick at some point. But um, was any part of it? Did, was he in anything the same as Kyrie in terms of vaccination? No, this no, was all just was like just, sitting out want, for like because he, he hated the team, pay. right? He didn't want to play because. Uh, in the finals last year, he was like they were super close in the game. I think it was with the Bucks or something, and he like had a wide open dunk, but he dished it because he got nervous because he didn't want to go to the, the free throw line. Yeah, what people are saying. Yeah, and then someone tried to hit a layup, and no one hit a layup, so he like, oh, lost the game for right. them. And then afterwards, they asked Doc Rivers, who's the head coach. They asked him, uh, "Do you think you can win a championship with Ben Simmons?" And and he said, "I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I can't." I can't answer that question right now. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And then yep. they asked Joel what happened at the end of the game, and Joel was like, uh, we had a chance for an open shot and, and he didn't take it. Someone passed the ball and I don't so, know, man. Yeah. So right after that, that's a lot of dysfunction that you just gotta refresh. And the fact that they got James Harden, I think Yeah. I I didn't think they were gonna get anything for him because everyone was just gonna lowball, but they when like they started trading him with the intention of holding on to him and just like cycling through offers for a long period of time and it paid off because mm-hmm. then you wait long enough dysfunction happens in Brooklyn and then you got James Harden and you got James Harden he's gonna bring a lot bro because of fucking Daryl Morey son because Daryl Morey and James Harden are goddamn gay for each other bro they're there for each other baby. they are but mm. buddies man yep that mother that motherfucker put out an article that said James Harden changed my life. Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. Chill out, That's man. awesome. You're, you're the executive, bro. Like, Jeremy Lin could have changed your yeah, life if you had him yeah. in the right system. Yep, yep. So. Um, on that topic of crazy things saying about athletes and, like, over-exaggerating, I saw a clip on Monday Night Football this year of this kid who had just gotten over cancer holding up a sign that said, Tom Brady made me beat my cancer. And I was just like, or Tom Brady got me over my cancer or some shit. And I was just like, is that weird if we're setting these people up to be like that? Like idols? Yeah. Like you're worshiping them? Yeah, kind of weird. The only reason I beat my cancer, fuck the chemo, fuck the doctors, fuck the research. Tom Brady. Tom fucking Brady. See that dude throwing the ball out there? Tom Brady. That old ass guy throwing the ball? Tom fucking Brady. Yeah, man. Uh... Before, before we were on this, uh, speaking of football, you were talking about something that Snoop did. Super Bowl. So, back to the, back to our youth, real quick, and instilling values, right? What do you think about gang life being like a predator to children? What um, bad? And it's evident more in certain communities than others. How do you think that in some ways those are exemplified? And maybe even like romanticize that type of lifestyle. Uh, definitely in music. And you see it in like videos and 
Um, are you referring to like the Crip Walk? Exactly, bro. So there are fucking ants on my desk. Are there? Hell, sugar ants, bro. Fucking sugar ants up the ass, bro. Um, yes, the Crip Walk. So the Crip Walk. It's all good, man. I've seen the Crip Walk plenty of times. Um, you can do it. If he would have done it for thirty minutes, it doesn't make a difference. But it's interesting because what is that instilling and saying is accepted? when someone does a dance that's named after a gang during, I didn't listen to any of the songs where any, I mean, the, some of their songs are pretty, pretty gangster, but maybe it's not all the ones at the Super Bowl, because I didn't watch it. But um, that's just interesting to me because when a child who is in those environments that are susceptible to gangs, see big old Snoop cripping, what it would stop them from going and cripping? You know what I'm saying? And so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, well, I think, to be honest, like, uh, Paul Mooney, the late, great Paul Mooney, had a quote where he said, like, everybody wants to be the black man. Mm. And so I think that, especially in America, bro, like, when people say culture, like, what is, like, the culture, like, typically they're going to refer to, like, urban culture. And, like, more specifically, like, black culture. Mm -hmm. Right? So, I think when you break it down, uh, is it good to have a dance that is associated with a gang? Probably not. But is everybody who's ever crip walked a crip? No. No. True. Most people who crip walk have never been, have never seen a crip. Right. Or a blood. Or anything like that. Right. I'm anything. talking I'm talking people who are susceptible. Because so yeah. people who are like in the environment of like gangland. Right. And, like, and so like a twelve year old that is watching the Super Bowl and sees that. Not me. I'm not susceptible to you're seeing talking about someone like in the inner city. Yeah. Who like so, runs across like gangs every day. Right, exactly. Who would who would be enticed by gangs and again, gangs are predators because they prey on children with a lack of family structure. That's what happens, right? And the gang provides structure for that child. And then they take them, initiate them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like someone that is in that, it doesn't matter their race or color, susceptible in that environment. And they see an, an idol, someone who is on the stage that ever, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people are watching right now doing that. Mm-hmm. Does that help justify, oh, yeah, well, that's, what, that's what's accepted. That's what's around me. I think that every... Uh... Whenever you talk to any of those people, they don't want people to be in gangs, you know? Now, when they're crip walking, and then they're telling people, yo, like, you shouldn't be in gangs, like, you should be trying to find something else, like, a different outlet, because, like, not, like, even, like, people who are in gangs Mm -hmm. will mostly tell you, like, don't be in a gang. Like, go, like, get out of here, like, this shit isn't cool, like, it's not for fun. That's not everybody, but, like, most of the people who I've personally been around who, like, have been involved in shit like that, right. are like, this shit is not cool. It's not fun. Right, yeah. But it looks cool, right? Like, to, like, the outside eye and, like, right. shit like that, which is probably why they put it in fucking music videos and the, why their people are crip-walking on stage and shit. I, I, to, to be honest, I think the crip-walk really isn't that bad. I think if he was actually throwing up gang signs, mm. it'd be way worse. Because, like, cripping is just, like, at this point, uh, I think I would probably consider it just a dance. Personally. If you're cripping. Well, but the, yeah, is I that think, is that coming from a white guy in Idaho who is nowhere near any Crip cities 
that exist in the United States. Uh, I mean, that is coming from a white guy. Right, but like, not close to any right. cities in the United States for sure. Right, and so how, you know what I'm how saying? Like, Well, how can we make that statement? Because I would say the same thing, but I also don't know if I could say that. That's why yeah. I'm bringing up this yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm speaking from a place of like secondhand knowledge from more of like the internet and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, like from a, I mean, I really only have anecdotal evidence, but I watch a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of interviews. I watch a lot, like, especially with like, rap stars and shit like that, people who are, like, rappers or, like, in the culture and shit. Mm-hmm. So, from my pr- point of view, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily, granted, it probably still is affiliated with the Crips. For sure, but yeah, for sure. Crip walking is one of those things that just became part of the culture, I feel like. Right. But it, it, it's associated with Crips, which isn't. Does it romanticize that stuff at all? I think if you're just cripping, no. I think if you're crip walking and throwing up gang signs or crip walking and throwing up like guns or crip walking and like doing shit like that, it would be different. But mm. I think if you're just cripping, bro, like you're just dancing, mm. like you're just dancing. You're just dancing. Right. Yeah. For sure. And for that's sure. what I that's what I think. What do you think about uh rumor is that Snoop D O double G was smoking a joint before? I saw the pictures. I saw the pictures. What do you uh, what do you think about that sinful shit? Yeah, I I think that he could have been smoking a cigarette. I think he, <laughs> I think it's a marble light. Yeah. Right well, there. like in just in general, he could have been, he could have been hitting a vape. He could have been, you know, like doing a bunch of things that other people would say are fine with, but then if it's weed, Oh, you know? And so it's like, no, it's, it's not a big deal. I don't give a shit on any of the fucking things we've ever seen Snoop Dogg on. Do we not think that he smoked right before he went out and did whatever we saw him do? He was high every single time, all of the time, no matter what. Always. So that was the whole, like, this is stupid rage that's all for nothing because. And you're going to tell me that Snoop Dogg isn't going to smoke a joint, which, again, he's always done. Always. In the stadium of his hometown. Yeah. Where he's about to perform the first rap concert. Like, you don't think that's yeah, going to happen? No. Snoop Dogg. Dude. He's going he's gonna to smoke before he does probably anything. He probably smokes when he wakes up in the morning, bro. Yeah. That dude wakes him he has a day, he probably. has a professional blunt roller that he pays like eighty grand a year to follow him around with a bag of weed and raps, and he's like he rolls the fucking nicest blunts you ever see, <laughs> man. Crazy. And they'll just and he's like and he's got uh, timing, so we'll just be sitting there and like the perfect blunt timing. You like put your hand up like this, and all of a sudden he'll put it in there, and you're like, oh shit, the perfect that's perfect timing, you know? Like it's actually pretty funny, but that's crazy. Yeah, that's dude, I. I think anyone who is mad about that is fake mad, bro. I think that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. They're just woke mad. All right, Coog. Thanks for coming on, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. This was awesome. I love you. I love you too, bro. You know that uh, we started this shit together and we're going to see how long it goes, man. Whether, you know, I go back to school and I pass it off to you or I continue it or we do like. You do a week, I do a week, mm-hmm. like whatever the fuck we figure out. Like if you ever like have an episode of something and you're like, yeah, I'll put this out. Like, so we're just gonna make it work, man. We're gonna continue this shit and Jenna Radley, you guys still got your fucking ten percent or what twelve percent? Hell yeah! <laughs> start making any money off of this. You got anything to say to the people? Just keep doing what you're doing, keep an open heart, and thank you for listening. Love you all. Bye, bitches. Will you open my emotions? Hold on my heart like it's never been broken. Baby, that's all I really need.
I've been looking for a reason to stay on my own. Yeah, yeah. I've been telling myself that I'm better alone. Yeah, yeah. Getting calls from my friends who really know me. They all saying that I'm scared of being lonely. It's probably why I crack a smile when you text my phone. Hold on my heart like it's never been broken Baby, that's all I really